This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Omri Stern, who is the co-founder and CEO at Jones. Jones are a property insurtech business based in New York, and Omri joins me on the line today. Welcome to the show, Omri. Thank you. Great to be here, Nick. Omri, it's great to have you on the show today. I know normally you're based, based in New York, but you're over in California this morning, so it's a particularly early one for you today. So we appreciate you joining us. Omri, would you mind start by sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your background, your career and the steps that led to you setting up the business? Yeah, absolutely. I started my career actually in the public service in Israel. I'd studied international affairs and spent a couple of years in the military there um, on the communication side. And I stumbled in, honestly, to the real estate and insure tech space. I discovered that uh, being in a regimented place was really not for me in terms of uh, the military. So I uh, went into what seemed like a more natural fit, having parents who were entrepreneurs. And, and really, it was, I simply joined a startup that seemed exciting to me in the real estate space, offering software for energy management to commercial buildings and um, joined as a salesperson there. The company uh, tripled in revenue a couple of years in a row and very, very exciting time to be there, especially as a salesperson at the seed stage where closing enterprise deals meant a lot for us. The challenge was that at the end of every enterprise deal, there was the insurance certificate, which if those of you may be familiar, it is quite a nightmare to get approval uh, across hundreds of properties. And that was simply something that as a tech person, you know, felt like that should be solved. However, when I spoke to my customers about that, uh, the answer was, oh, no, this is just how we do it. We have to get our brokers involved. Every building has a different requirements. And it just made no sense, right? It was totally logical to have to wait three, four weeks to get approval just to get our product implemented. So I left the company and 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 was really set on starting something at that, I guess, intersection of real estate and insurance. Spent a couple of years uh, in grad school at Harvard. And uh, that was where I met my uh, co-founder through, through a friend. He actually my co-founder didn't study with me, but lucky enough, there was a strong network there. And we started Jones. And, and really, that was the background with, the, with this idea that the way, the old way of doing things, the old game of collecting insurance certificates and policies for every property and having to repeat that for every single vendor, no matter how many times they work in the building, right? Like a vendor, we, we see this ridiculous thing where you're a vendor, you're working for five different clients in a commercial, a, commercial class A building, and you have to submit the same insurance documents five times. Right. That's like, yeah, that's totally broken. So um, we've built Jones with this idea to uh, give you one 
network where you can find all the vendors and subcontractors and for that matter, tenants as well who are leasing space and be able to simply look up their insurance profile and get instant verification so that the insurance never never stands in the way anymore of, of the way that you should be transacting in this industry. And so that was a little bit of the background. Awesome. Now, I love the I love the stories where particularly where founders, where business owners set up the business to solve a problem that they've had firsthand experience of dealing with. And I'm sure as you grow out the business and you're providing that solution for those for those customers, you know, that business that's come from an idea and you see that come into fruition, I'm sure is very satisfying and um, really look forward to discussing that that further with you. Yeah, it's great to solve it's great to solve a problem that you really hate and <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and then see that it's actually a massive problem that everybody struggles with and it's much bigger mm-hmm. than you thought. Um, yeah. And it's not just in, you know, commercial office buildings, but industrial, retail, multifamily, right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's so ubiquitous that it, it can really be a game changer. So I think that was mm-hmm. very exciting for us in the early days of building the business, as you say, mm-hmm. to, as founders to, uh, to solve a, a problem that was super painful, but, but then also like quite common. Yeah, exactly. Common as well. So it's a huge opportunity there as well. Yeah, I was just saying to the listeners that obviously you're in California this morning, pretty early there. So what's what's your, what's your go-to coffee of choice then that sets you up for the day? Yeah, I would say any strong cappuccino with oat milk. My local coffee shop in, in Tribeca, which is where our um, HQ is based, makes a killer cappuccino with a lavender flavor of sorts. I don't know how, I want to know how much, I do not want to know how much sugar is in that little lavender shot, but it works because it gives me a little jolt and... Um, my doctor would probably tell me, you know, you have too much glucose. In fact, yeah. he did. But I mean, <laughs> what can I say? Like, I gotta, I gotta get up and get going in the morning, and it's just delicious and strong. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds very fancy having your morning coffee in Tribeca with a nice little shot of lavender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you <laughs> ask, if you ask my former self, like ten years yeah. ago, uh, you know, would you be uh, starting a company based in New York? And you know, here I am, this salesperson. I'd be like, fuck no, like. Nice. <laughs> How I, how would I do that? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, sure enough, the the sure enough, the whole story that got started with like a pivot into startups is just a much longer term path, and I feel like this is mm. definitely the place for me to be. Definitely, definitely. No, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it and how it can. So, yeah, would you mind first of all by giving our listeners a bit of a snapshot of where the business is at the moment, Omri? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll, I'll talk traction wise because I think that really gives us a sense for for where we're at. Um, the company today has over 7,000 buildings um, across the United States using the system. Um, in fact, I think it's now getting closer to 8,000 because we're growing very, very fast, but that's at least where we clocked in uh, last month. And we have a, over 1 billion square feet of real estate that is using the system across uh, industrial, retail, office, and multifamily asset classes. As I said, the business is headquartered in New York City, and we're very excited and somewhat proud to be in sort of the the capital of of real estate. We're going to be announcing a, a couple new clients um, that really represent iconic assets in New York. You could probably guess which ones we're going to mention. Probably shortlist it. <laughs> yeah, you can shortlist that. And our development team and product team is based in Tel Aviv, which is where my co-founder is based, Michael, and uh, and that's essentially sort of the footprint of the business and the number of clients that we touch. I can tell you that in terms of our network of vendors, property managers, tenants, it's in the hundreds of thousands of users today of stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that's quite significant because again, what you want the industry to have is one system where anybody, anyone who is submitting an insurance certificate for approval, whether you're a tenant leasing space, a vendor or janitor that just got a contract in a new building, a subcontractor that is uh, working on a new construction site, you want to be able to join a network, submit your insurance profile and have that accessible for everyone. Pace that we're growing, we're really getting into space where it's it's a category defining company. Um, nobody else yeah. out there has this for, for our, our segment in the built world. And in terms of the product itself, the, the technology itself, what does it do and, and how have you developed it? Yeah, absolutely. So think about the software product as a software as a service. And mm. basically what we do is run the whole approval process, the insurance approval process, end to end from start to finish without you as our customer, our customers being owner operators of commercial real estate, property managers, construction managers, you don't really have to do much other than get onboarded, right? So we will take every step and minimize your effort and minimize your liability, which is an important point as well. So what the, what the product does is we will extract all the insurance requirements for from any of your contracts or leases or documents that you have. Do that automatically. We then configure our system, run an automated collections process. By collections, I mean communicating with all your vendors and tenants, informing them of the program, allowing them to upload their insurance documents without having to create an account, which is kind of key and seemingly somewhat trivial. But a lot of people make mistakes in these instances where you have to build the user base. And and so it's very easy for anybody submitting their their docs to participate. Then we have an AI driven system, and the third step that will ex, uh, excuse me review programmatically the data that we extracted from the insurance documents from the insurance requirements, and then be able to automatically produce a report and tell you what gaps do you have in your coverage. Make it very easy for anybody that's administering that system on our client side. Think of a property manager. Think of a construction manager to accept any gaps or request any new documents as a result of gaps that exist so they can resolve those. And then finally, all of this is, is done in a reportable bulk fashion. So you can just simply click one button, put this all on autopilot if you want, right? Like you don't necessarily have to be very, very specific about each document. You can administer the system in various different ways. Some companies have stricter requirements and really want to make sure they're going document by document. Others just say, look, turn this whole thing on autopilot and don't speak to me until everybody is compliant. You can also have some folks in the middle, right? And then finally, I mean, just like any enterprise system, you will have analytics and dashboards and integrations, more importantly, integrations into uh, core property management, construction management systems so that you don't have to leave those systems in order to run the approval process. You don't even have to do it. You don't even have to look at Jones. It can all happen within uh, your existing ERP or your existing uh, project management system. So that's those are the basically the core yeah. capabilities. So it's in terms of the benefits for the for the policyholders and the different vendors, clearly efficiency, speed, being able to get on with those projects a lot quicker is one. What what, what are some of the other benefits? Um, and are there any benefits to, you know, do you work with brokers at all or anyone within the insurance industry or is it more for those property managers and, and risk managers there? Yeah. So for the policyholders, the benefit is that you have an easy way to get approval in our network. Yeah. And we're constantly thinking about ways 
to make that transaction easier and easier. So going back to the mission of the business, the mission has always been remove the barrier of insurance and make transactions instant for policyholders who are, let's just say tenants or policyholders who are vendors or subcontractors. We're not asking you to create an account and to spend more time on insurance. We want you to spend less time on insurance. Mm -hmm. So for example, one feature that is being released very, very soon that's been uh, high in demand from those, those stakeholders is submit one insurance certificate and then tell us not just what buildings are we approved in, but what buildings could we be approved in the future? Should we want to lease space or should we want to work in those buildings? Mm. And that, if you know, if you know real estate, real estate is a highly localized, highly fragmented space. So even in downtown New York, you have the same subcontractors and vendors that work and service that area. Mm. If you give them a system where they can see all the properties in downtown New York and be able to understand what what are the um, what is it going to take for me to be approved in those buildings? What are the gaps that I have in my insurance profile? That's really useful up front because they know that if they're going to transact with those buildings, they're going to come to the transaction with the proper insurance rather than be surprised at the end of the procurement uh, process with insurance requirements that hit them on the side of the head and suddenly they're they're not going to get in the building or they can't accept the job. Mm. So those are that's just one of the ways in which we're aligning ourselves with the policyholders. And yes, you asked the question about brokers. Yes, we work with brokers. Brokers can also use the system to submit insurance docs and get approval. And we also have some plans for brokers because they're a key part of the value chain. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, some exciting features and software that uh, we're gonna we're we're building for them too. Interesting. And just going back on that point. Saying so, it's not just about the insurance compliance, but actually it can open up opportunities for those policyholders, commercial opportunities that they might not have before because they didn't have the right insurance requirements. That they'll be able to know then whether that's plausible, whether it's something that can work for them and it can be a commercial reality, or you know they they would know actually there's no point in us going after work in this building because we're actually not going to be able to get that coverage for our business. So it's it's a non-starter. Yeah, it's great to see what the opportunities are. Yeah, no, yeah, Nick, and that that you hit on something important there, which is insurance approvals. That's the uh, gateway to enter these properties. I mean, we hear time and time again. For example, an office manager has hired a um, a a mover, and the mover is stuck outside the building because the property manager or the landlord doesn't let them in. They don't have the right insurance. And suddenly there's just this mad scramble because you know you're paying the movers uh, every hour that is delayed, yeah. and and when you can control that with software and you can provide the types of solutions that you just described, you can make access and make transactions so much easier. And it's actually necessary. In fact, like you can't launch a marketplace for services in commercial buildings like you would in residential because you need to control the gate. You have to make sure that anybody who's working is approved or in our world, pre-approved. So that's a very powerful place to be, which touches on where the company will be going. Clients and insurance, that's just act one. Act two is to begin to offer services in the procurement space uh, in commercial real estate that enable sourcing, logistics, payments for all these services to be, again, easy and instant um, on Jones. So that's a little kind of teaser where we're taking it. Presumably for these buildings as well, the more vendors that they have who are approved, 
and can make that ease of that approval process easier for them the greater the competition there is and you know can drive down some of the costs that they that they that they must face there yeah that's just the beginning of it i mean the more the vendors are approved the more that they use our system to source opportunities and properties use the system to to get matched with vendors the, it's sort of like the Uber slash Lyft, like ride optimization, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can help vendors optimize where they're spending their time, they'll be able to lower their rates, not just competitively, but just in terms of their variable costs. So like, it's really in the end of the day, a story about making a marketplace function the way it should, right? Mm-hmm. Not the way it does today, which is just broken because of the approval process. Yeah. Huge knock-on effect there. Omri, clearly the business is in a, in a great position, you know, to to grow very quickly to scale now. Just looking ahead now, what what do you think might be some of the the challenges ahead for you as a business as you do look to scale, or, or what have been some of the challenges that you faced so far? I think the major challenges that we've faced have been around um, late adopters of prop tech and sure tech, which means you know the way we handle that is just by having a baking that into our sales, our enterprise sales cycle mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that some folks at times will take longer to make a decision or may want to dip their toe in and uh, pilot the system mm-hmm. and, and or may want to have uh, references from customers that use the startup before, right? And like that was really, really hard a couple of years ago, but it's less hard now because we have these lighthouse customers that we can share that, so that was, you asked about a former challenge, I would say like broadly yeah. tech adoption in commercial real estate. Again, those are the clients, even though we're sort of at this interesting ripe overlap of insurance and real estate. So mm-hmm. the commercial real estate customers, I, sh- I should say the built world customers, because it's not just property managers, it's construction managers. So built world customers, we're just, just slower to adopt. And mm-hmm. I think that we've seen that across the board with startups and I expect to continue to see that, but that's fine because it's it's built into how we are growing. It's a big enough market opportunity. Um, so there's not necessarily a narrow path to growth. Um, there's a lot out there to bite into. So I'd say roughly that's the, those are the challenges. Of course, yeah, okay. I would I would be not be responsible to just like totally ignore the economic effects of the latest downturn, right? And I, I believe like, I, I'm thinking about the worst, right? Like as a founder. So uh, even though I'm optimistic for the company, like, we uh, are looking ahead and, and seeing that there could be some knock-on effects in the real estate industry due to what's happening in tech, and therefore, sales cycles could be a, even a little bit longer. I don't think that threatens us too much, again, because we've dealt with that before, and we're prepared, right? It's, we're very prepared for that to take place. We haven't seen it yet, and and so we're just going to be smart with how we're investing our money and and also just continue to do what we've done really, really well over the past few years, which is provide a product that's 10 times better than anything else out there and and um, and really make sure that we're hitting on all the right notes when it comes to the enterprise sales cycle. Um, you know, nothing new there. It's like very much uh, very much that 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 game. Yeah, and it, it sounds like you're in a great position. I mean, when you've got something that is so new like that, a lot of it is education, isn't it? It's educating the customers as to what the opportunities are and what, and what the solution is that you're providing rather than just purely selling to them. So that does take time, but I'm sure the snowball effect isn't there is the more people you get on board, the more case studies you have, the more people who are referring and you know shouting your name, then the better. So it looks like you're in a great position. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round now as we look right. forward where the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point so yeah i know (laughs) 
I know you like your fancy cappuccino in uh, in Tribeca uh, in, in the mornings. You ready for the espresso round now? Yeah, hit me. The espresso round. Omri, how many people are you looking to grow the business by in the next 12 months? I would say we're going to grow by 50% over the next 12 months. We don't need to raise capital right now because we're in a pretty good position. So growth is going to be driven by the growth of the business. And we're prepared to invest and, and hire in order to, to grow the business. Awesome. And what are the culture or the values there that you're looking to build within the business? So our values, you know, what we have written on the wall, which is like, in the end of the day, tying that or having as much overlap in a culture is like, is the goal because it's not always what you have written on the wall, which is, which is the culture. So like, let me strive towards the culture and I'll describe it. And then, and then kind of touch on some of the values that connect to it. So I think we believe in trust and building trust with our customers because we're handling a very sensitive transaction. If insurance fails, then you're screwed. And, and if you don't check that the insurance is there and there's a claim, then you're definitely screwed, right? So if you make a mistake reviewing the insurance policy of it or the certificate. So this is something recent, Nick, that like, and I'm just describing this to you because it's evolving, it's very dynamic that I recognize that in order for us to you know, build an amazing company, it's all about the team, obviously. I recently heard this great line from one of our investors that the team you build is the company you build. And therefore, what is the team? Well, the team is a bunch of smart, tenacious people that are solving really big problems together for our customers and also have to hand over a product that our customers can trust. And things you know, in a startup, don't always go according to plan. And oftentimes nobody's perfect. So like being able to be honest and, and share feedback, share criticism, accept criticism, the way to do that in the most efficient way is trust. Because like if I can trust that you, my colleague, are going to be open to me being vulnerable mm-hmm. and sharing feedback and, and not knowing how you're going to accept it, that's mm-hmm. really, really important. So, and the other way around, like if I'm going to hear some critical feedback from my from my teammate, I better trust that like they have my best interest in mind, right? So mm. I realized that, you know, you and I had this conversation a few weeks ago and mm. I didn't touch on trust, but this is something new that I thought I'd mention here and how important it is and how it connects to our our mission, right? So build trust, be candid and be kind. I would say like that's something very very new that I'm seeing at the company, I'm seeing I'd like to drive more towards that, right? Mm. Another one of the, the the elements of the culture that I think is powerful is generosity. So I, I mentioned we have a bunch of talented, tenacious people. It's, they're also very, very diverse in their perspectives and their backgrounds. And therefore, you if you work at Jones, you can learn a lot from your peers. But again, startups are chaotic. Nobody's perfect. We're all doing a lot of work. And everybody who comes to Jones really wants to grow and to a sense of fulfillment in their career. And it's going to be really hard and it is really hard to grow and to learn from others unless there's a sense of generosity coming from your peers that if you need help, they're there not just when you ask of it, but they're there because they offer it. And any individual at Jones knows that there are things that you could learn from others and there are things that you could teach others. And if you're not generous with your time, it's not going to happen because you're just, just, you're just in your swim lane working and hustling and growing. And if you don't ask or if you don't offer, and if the generosity to just spend a little bit more time sharing your insights, your experience, 
that learning is just lost. It's like latent learning, right? It's like a book that's like somebody told you to read and it's on your desk and you just never open it. And, and that's just really, really unfortunate because like if you opened it or if the book opened itself and said like, hey, read me, like this is really helpful for you. Think about that. Like how amazing would that be in that imaginary world? And that kind of does exist at Jones. Um, it's not imaginary. It's like people coming up to people saying, hey, I noticed I heard on the weekly that like you were doing this. I have I, I had some experience with this and it may be helpful for you. And I think that's really powerful, that generosity. And then finally, I'll say that we believe that building, I, I mentioned the word ownership, right? Like I, I started the company because um, it felt like building something meaningful and game-changing with tenacious people that I could learn from that really like is pretty fun, right? And pretty meaningful. And and so the way to do that though is like ownership, right? So like, yeah, as a founder, you know, starting a business, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like in the end of the day, everybody needs to feel like they own this business because that is, I think, the quickest route from A to B to to like feel a sense of motivation when you're waking up in the morning. And we believe that in terms of how we not just like provide stock options and not just provide, um, prefer internal promotions and all that good stuff, right? It's really like a sense of ownership. It's to say, there's a problem in the business, whether it touches on a customer or it touches on an internal process. Um, and you have the autonomy uh, and we trust you. And here, it all comes down to trust, right? We trust you to like, yes. go solve it, like go for it, right? Like just the other week, the other day on a weekly, somebody brought up bigger challenge or a bigger problem with the, the architecture of a certain process that could be improved. And it was it was in front of the whole company that they said that. And I thought it was extremely powerful to be able to say like, this is this problem. And I think like the way we're solving it now, yeah, it kind of works, but I have this idea. And that's that's a great sign of ownership because it's like, oh, great. My response was, maybe you can get with this person and that person across these various departments because in the future, this will be solved and it can come from you. And that level of ownership I think is goes really nicely hand in hand with the component of trust, with the component of generosity. And then I'll finally say that all of this only really works if you take care of yourself, your own physical and spiritual and emotional well-being. And your life is not Jones, you know, like Jones is part of your life. So, you know, bring that to the company every day and know that like if you, you know, we celebrate, we're gonna celebrate you if you need to take time off or if you need to. We actually like have this channel where people celebrate their travels and what they're doing when they're not at Jones, yeah, you know, <laughs> so because it's like take care of yourself and like bring that to the company rather than, you know, bring the company to your life. That's yeah. not what. So so we have this value called take care of yourself. And I didn't I didn't list what's on the walls, but hopefully I explained what culture we're driving towards. You certainly have. Certainly have that. So it sounds absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure there'll be people who are very interested listening to that today. In terms of the insurance side of the business, what value can someone who's got insurance um, expertise or an insurance career bring to your business as you, as you look to grow? Yeah, I would say the core of the product is insurance. It really is. The ability to understand insurance terminology, policies, legal uh, language, of course, the ability to think more importantly, to think critically about how do certain insurance policies apply for to various exposures? I mean, you and me know, Nick, that like 
the insurance world is really dynamic. Premiums vary. Policies and their coverage points actually change, right? And this won't be surprising. The real estate world, like the policies that are required for work on site have are the same policies that existed 20 years ago. Mm. And a lot of our customers get really surprised and they sort of like put their hands on their head when they realize when they start in Jones and their clients rate is 10% and they're exposed. Initially, our response is like, is to say to them, look, hey, let's take a beat here. Actually, there's not, you don't have to worry too much because we can show you where we've found that you've been really, really strict on certain elements here, mm. like the certificate holder or, you know, like re- requiring, for example, uh, a waiver of subrogation in certain instances where it's not required. And we can show you with data that like, you probably don't need this. And Benchmarking this to your peers, you're much more strict than your peers. Like here is the actual state of compliance today. And here's where you can safely be. So that takes the bar where it was really, really high for them and, and almost impossible for any vendor or tenant to, to get approved and brings it to, you know, marks it to market in a way. So all this is to say that insurance knowledge that drives the algorithms that drives the product is really core to what we do. And there's a lot of opportunities there. So anybody that's coming in from an underwriting perspective or insurance production slash brokerage experience, I see that as being very, very valuable to us and will continue to be because, um, again, there's so much growth there. And just even at the core products, so much more that, that we're doing to drive innovation on the insurance side. Awesome. Awesome. And just looking at the market and looking at, at your business and how that's evolved, if there, if there are any InsureTech founders out there now looking to scale, grow their businesses quick, what do you think are the foundations, the core foundations or infrastructure that you need to grow out a business like that? Core foundations as a founder starting out, it's it's all about team, as I, as I said. And you know, this is something that's very, very well known at, at this point. So at the risk of sounding you know, repetitive, uh, the foundations are finding a co-founder. It's really, I believe, very important to have somebody alongside you. I recently heard this talk about um, motivation and it spoke about the Navy SEALs, talked by Simon Sinek, uh, who described how uh, in the end of the day, like what motivates you to complete the uh, Navy SEALs experience is, is not necessarily like, how strong you are or pride that you bring back to your family. I was never a Navy SEAL. So like, I don't really know this. I'm just repeating this and paraphrasing. It's actually like the person next to you who's doing the course with you and being there to be supportive of them and then gaining their support in return. If you think about the extreme duress that these folks go through Mm. mentally, physically, emotionally, and it's not to say that, you know, founders will not go through that physically, but certainly emotionally, you're going to go through some crises. So the foundation of any good startup, when we say team, like we unpack that, it's, it is a great co-founder relationship. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to go through a few crises together to kind of like massage that muscle uh, mm-hmm. and to get it to be fit. Because if you haven't worked together, ideally you've worked together in the past, but Michael and I didn't work together before that. So we really went through like a crash course, you know, slash boot camp. Of, of building trust. And in the end of the day, you know, it's not hard. It's hard to find someone because, you know, it's just like you're looking for a fraction of a percent of the individual that's going to start a company in this world, a fraction of percent of the population. But once you do, 
you know if it's going to be a good person. You can feel yeah. it, right? Um, you can sense it. So trust your gut when you're meeting somebody and building a business with them. Just trust your gut. Is this the type of lifestyle that you want to build? Is this the type of business, or excuse me, the type of relationship and person that you want to build a business with? And I would say the one thing that helps there is, of course, alignment on values. And that will that's an explicit conversation that should be discussed, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't avoid talking about what are we building? Why are we doing this together? Mm-hmm. Um, what motivates us? Like all, all these things. And, and I think that uh, just understanding the person, where they come from and what their goals are and what they've done until now and where they're going, all these things are their values. And you can very much mm-hmm. see that in action when you're like in an apartment in the East Village of New York City. And it's like, hot and sweaty in the summer. Now that's at the risk of sounding weird, uh, but just like, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's yeah, uncomfortable. And like, you don't know where you're going and like, are you nah. gonna be able to raise money and all these things. And at the end of the day, it's just you and your yeah. partner. Doing it together. I think the motivation or point, I know Simon Sink talks a lot actually about having that purpose being, you know, for other people really. And, and doing that together, sharing that experience together, the highs and the lows rather than just doing everything for yourself and having that purpose inside yourself, I think, I think it's hugely, hugely rewarding. And and I think it makes it much more enjoyable along the way. Omri, thank you so much for your time today in the insurance coffee house. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. It's been really good to hear about Jones and the great work you're doing there in the property world there in the U S if there are any listeners who'd like to reach out to you after the show, how they go about hitting you up. Yeah, it's Omri at getjones.com shoot me a note well we'll be sure to put the those contact details on our show notes so any of our listeners can click straight through and and start a conversation with you Omri, thank great. you so much again for your time it's been great to have you on the show and all the very best with jones i'm sure we'll look forward to welcoming you back on in 12 months time and see how the business is going all right look forward to it nick thank you for the opportunity and uh, enjoyed the chat uh, it's an absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. And to all the InsureTech leaders, all the, all the insurance professionals, wherever you're listening around the world today, we thank you for joining us. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of great insights and learnings from what Omri's had to say today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or would like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.